This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And good afternoon, Tiger fans. Sitting in for Christian Carrick once again this week, it's Jeff Palermo along with Herb Tower, and glad you could join us on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWLAMFMRadio.com as the LSU Tigers get ready to take on the Florida Gators in another game where LSU is a heavy underdog in this contest. The Tigers come in with a record of 3-5, and five, while Florida is 8-1. and one. Ranked number six in the AP and coaches poll last time out for Florida. They defeated Tennessee 31 to 19. Their head coach, Dan Mullen, who is 29 and six in three seasons at Florida. While the fighting Tigers are three and five on the year and coming off a loss to number one ranked Alabama 55 to 17. The first time in the Ed Orgeron era, LSU has lost back to back games and they could be looking at a three game losing streak heading into the regular season finale next week against Ole Miss. Over the next three hours, myself and Herb Tyler will talk about where the LSU football program goes from here after another difficult week for the Tigers. And if you want to join us, you can on the hoodatlending.com talk and text line 504-260-1870. Herb, how you doing this week? I hope you had a better week than Ed Orgeron. <laughs> Man, I'm doing great, doing wonderful. Been driving back and forth to uh, Lake Charles to do some work. And helping the good people out there and uh, trying to rebuild and, and get their lives back to normal. And just trying to push everybody to do the right things COVID-wise and make sure we stay safe and uh, have another great holiday this uh, next couple of weeks. How are the good folks in southwest Louisiana doing? Oh, man, they got their sleeves rolled up, you know, and they're, they're trying to get their homes, their businesses back together. Uh, they're doing a phenomenal job. You know, there's a lot of good people out there that are trying to help them as well. So it's uh, everywhere you go, man, you know, it just it reminds me of, what it was during Katrina uh, when we went through that in New Orleans. And um, and so it just just to see the people out there just, you know, trying to, you know, put their hands in the dirt and, and, and come back up from, you know, some devastating uh, uh, hurricanes that they've had to go through this year. Yeah, certainly a tough time for them. But uh, just yep. like uh, everyone else here in Louisiana, very resilient people. Yep. And the LSU football program has to be resilient, Herb. Uh, a difficult week starting last Saturday where LSU got thumped by Alabama 55-17. It kind of went down like we all expected. Uh, yep. I, I think there were a few positives in the game, and, and we'll get into that over the next three hours here. Uh, and then you had the news on Monday night that Eric Gilbert uh, just wanted to uh, opt out for the rest of the season. After talking with Coach Ed Orgeron, he went ahead and opted out. He has not entered the NCAA transfer portal, so there's still an opportunity that uh, Gilbert will be with the Tigers in 2021, but it's going to be the case of LSU having to re-recruit him as the Georgia native was feeling homesick and banged up after this freshman campaign, and it probably didn't help that some alumni of LSU called him out on social media. Not a good look. Uh, a lot of them uh, walked back some of those words uh, when I think they probably received a phone call from someone over at LSU. And then 
of course, the news uh, this week that LSU has uh, self-imposed a one-year bowl ban. So next Saturday's game against Ole Miss will be the final one for the Tigers, and that might be the best thing for everyone at this point uh, because uh, I, I think this program needs to get in the offseason. Uh, Coach Ed Orgeron, there was a segment on ESPN College Game Day today, and I, once again, he, he's kind of said this all season long, Herb. He knows what needs to be fixed, and he's just waiting for the season to go about and fixing it. Um, so I, I think it's probably best that LSU ends the year next Saturday and tries to regroup and see if they yeah. can't uh, put together a solid team for 2021. So quick, just quickly, um, you know, the, the Alabama game was exactly how we expected it, which was, just, you know, I think we all saw that coming. We gave up 45 points in the first half. We did really good in the second half. We only gave up 10 points, okay? Um, so defense played well in the second half, let's say that. Um, with that being said, to move on to Monday night uh, with Eric Gilbert, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where, I, I, and I tell people this all the time, you, you know, you just, it doesn't matter if it's a, the, a guy on the street or a woman in the grocery store or, you know, a, a, a person behind a cash register or someone working at, at McDonald's or a CEO of some firm, you just never know what people are going through. So, right. you, you know, you can weigh in on certain things, but you can't question someone's heart, their mental capacity and where they are in a certain situation because you just don't know. You know, they, they could be having, you know, some issues that no one knows about that, that you would never, ever know about, but it, it, it's causing you know, certain, I guess, certain feelings, certain certain things that they want to do that they can't do because of whatever's going on. So, you know, look, I'm I'm, I'm proud of the kid. He he did the best that he could do during the time that he played this year. Um, I don't fault him for opting out. Everyone had an option to opt, in, opt, opt out at the very beginning of the season and throughout the season. The NCAA made that clear and the SEC. So, you know, you know at the end of the day, I think, you know, you have to allow people to do what's right for themselves, just like all of the other guys who opted out. Now, what is his reasons? I don't know. But whatever they are, I'm sure it's warranted for him. And that's all that matters. At the end of the day, he's not he, – he's, he's, a, he's a, you know, a 18-, 19-year-old kid who's trying to find his way in this world. In this world. So we just got to stand behind him and, 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 you know, be grateful that he has given LSU an opportunity to come here and to play for us, and we just have to re-recruit him, as, as Coach Ozeron has, has said this week. Now – the self-imposing of the one, you know, the bow band, I think was a, uh, I think you were kind of, you know, you you were going, you know, alluding to that a few minutes ago. It's like, you know, maybe it's time to just say, okay, after the old Miss game next week, let's just regroup and figure out what's going on and make the changes we need to make and start working towards getting better for next year. So I agree with, with that, that, uh, that stance of taking that one year and, you know, self-imposing that one bowl, um, one year bowl, uh, uh, I guess not playing in that bowl game this year. And, and moving forward. So that's my take on those three items as of right now. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot to get through here over the next three hours. And uh, coming up in the next segment, we're going to hear from yep. uh, our own Michael De uh, Mike Dettelier. We'll get uh, his thoughts on where he sees this LSU program. We'll also hear from uh, WBRZ sports director here in Baton Rouge. Uh, we're going to hear from Michael Cobble, who's been covering the LSU football program now for 20 years. And also we'll hear from uh, Jarrett Roser as uh, Wednesday is National Signing Day, the early signing period. So we'll hear from uh, Jarrett talk a little bit. Uh, there is going to be some positive news coming out Wednesday, Herb, because yep. uh, on, on Wednesday, LSU will sign a national or sign a class 
that's going to rank somewhere uh, in the top five, maybe as yep. high as number three. So help is on the way. Um, I allude back to the ESPN College Game Day segment earlier today with Coach Ed Orgeron. He's still very optimistic. He's built a championship before at LSU. He can do it again. I think the hill's a little bit steeper right now, Herb, because there have been so many players that have left, and you're, you're looking at scholarship reductions over the next couple of years. You can only sign 25 players. It isn't like in the past where you can go out and sign 30, 35 guys and quickly replenish your roster. So it's going to take time. An interesting note uh, on the uh, LSU uh, game notes for this game in the Alabama game. There were 55 players from LSU that played in that game, Herb. Can you guess how many freshmen or sophomore, how many freshmen or sophomores were out of that 55? Any guess? Uh if I had to take a guess, let's say 47. <laughs> <laughs> Not that many. Not that I many. know, I'm just kidding. Let's say 25. 33. 33. 33. Okay. 33 out of the 55 were freshmen and sophomores. And we alluded to it on the show last week, Herb. All of Alabama's big-time skill position players, juniors and seniors. Um, yep. it, it was just mm-hmm. – you knew go and we said it. You knew going into that game, it, the Tigers were in a tough spot. Uh, I think there were some bright moments. I liked what we saw about a Keishon Booty. I liked what we saw to John Emery. We finally saw that big play potential that he brings. Uh, you mentioned the defense played a little bit better in the second half. Um, I know uh, watching Devontae Smith. I, I'm so glad after watching Devontae play well, we had Zephaniah Powell on last week. Herb, uh, the former Amy coach, because it, it yep. really kind of got everybody ready for what we were going to see last night in, or Saturday night in, in Tiger Stadium, the kid's special. He, he's put himself now in the Heisman contention uh, based on that game, and uh, he's had another big game today against Arkansas. So, uh, th- And a lot of people say, well, why can't LSU guard him? Joe Burrow made defenses crazy, crazy last week. When you're a talented player, or last year, when you're a very talented player, you're going to make plays. That's just kind of how it goes, and LSU's undermanned and, and inexperienced at this point, and uh, a, good team is, a good team will expose that. Eight catches, 231 yards. The problem is the yards after the catch. That's the problem. It's 20, he had average 28.9 yards and three touchdowns, right? So you have to be able to get him down. Once he makes a catch, you have to be around him to tackle him and get him to the ground. If not... He's going to make you suffer. He's going to make you pay. But, you know, that's, that's just what he does. And, and, and look, at the end of the day, this year, when you look at this, the, the, the game last week, Alabama-LSU, it was just, you know, Alabama was just better than us, period. Um, they, they, were, they were, you know, they were better prepared. They had, um, they would come into that game with much, you know, a, a lot of cohesiveness, within that team, they have a clear-cut leader playing quarterback. They've got guys that are just leaders, you know, on, on the defensive side of the ball as well. And, you know, we just we just weren't ready. Mac Jones was 20 for 28, 385, and four touchdowns. I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons why he's, you know, leading the Heisman race right now. So you said it earlier, you know, Joe Burrow went into Alabama last year and did the same thing Mac Jones came into LSU and did, right? Um, to say that we had two freshmen playing quarterback and we still put up 17 points, I mean, I thought that was pretty decent. Not bad. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you, you got to be able to, to score, uh, you, you know, when you're playing an Alabama team like they like they have. And, and they play a different, little bit different 
offensive scheme. They don't play a normal, you know, spread uh, RPO type of offense. They actually have a lot of NFL um, um, traits in their offense of what they do and and, and hitting guys, uh, having guys, you know, find soft spots, openings of the defense um, from that 10 to 15-yard range. Um, and then they and when they go deep, they go deep. They're not playing with you. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not just a one-on-one coverage on the outside. They they actually have designed, you know, zid routes and, and different types of other routes that they have that, that these guys, these guys that they run great routes. So at the end of the day, um, you know, I think just think that Alabama was just that much better than us last week. But we're coming, like Coach always said, we're coming. We ain't, we ain't going nowhere. We're coming. Don't worry about it. We'll be back. Well, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk to uh, one of um, Ed Orgeron's good friends, uh, Mike Dettelier. He will join us uh, on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show. We'll get Mike's thoughts on LSU and trying to keep some of these guys uh, that uh, continue to leave the program probably too early as far as the draft-wise, try to keep them around for a little bit longer. Uh, Man, it would be nice to have a guy like Thaddeus Moss still on this team, right? I mean, a guy that wasn't even drafted last year who left early. Seems like there's two or three guys like that every year that LSU can have. And, and they could re-recruit seniors this year, too, remember. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a free year. So seniors on this team could come back if they want, like a Liam Shanahan and some other guys. Ray Thornton, Andre Anthony, those guys can come back as well. We'll take a break, so stay with us. And, if, again, if you want to get involved on the HoodatLending.com talk and text line, 504-260-1870. Jeff Palermo along with Herb Tyler on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Again, sitting in for Christian Garrick, Jeff Palermo along with Herb Tyler, former LSU quarterback, as we're counting you down to purple and gold football on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. If you want to get involved in the conversation, you can join us on the whodatlending.com talk and text line 504-260-1870 as we're here till 4 o'clock, and that's when LSU's official pregame show takes over and gets you ready for the Tigers and the Gators tonight in the Swamp at 6 o'clock. Joining us now, it's Mike Dettelier here on WWL, AM, FM, and .com. And Mike, uh, we heard it again from uh, Coach Ed Orgeron, and he's been saying this for a while. It seems like he's been saying this since October. And maybe, maybe he's recognized that there were issues uh, with this. Well, heck, I mean, after the game against Mississippi State in the season opener, I think we all realized there were issues with this program. But uh, he, he talked about it again today on the ESPN College Game Day piece that they did with uh, Coach O about knowing that he, he knows that there's issues. And he thinks if he fixes a couple of things, LSU can get back to where they were. What do you think those couple things are at this point? I mean, a lot of people point the finger at defensive coordinator Bo Pelini, but there's got to be more than that. Well, he's got to make some coaching decisions here. And uh, that's going to happen, that he's got to shake up his staff. Uh, you know, he's got some talent. There's no question about that. You look at how well they've recruited but, you know, it's not all about recruiting. You've got to develop that talent and get them to play good as a unit. The other thing, too, is um, as a certain brand of football that we used to see him played at LSU, and that hasn't happened this year other than glimpses. It, it's nothing consistent. Uh, where's the leadership on this football team? And so certainly coaching changes, and uh, I got to talk to him couple weeks back and he, he said very similar things to myself that uh, you know listen we got to take a look in the mirror and I've said this Jeff from after watching Mississippi State game because um, we've all been through it in our lives with other people how you handle success 
you know, you win the limelight, maybe the greatest college football season ever last year. You get all that spotlight on you, all the accolades thrown at you. How you handle success? Because for most of us, we most, uh, we, I think, more used to having ups and downs in our lives than riding the real high wave. And, and now you have crashed down. And how, how, you've ha- how you can handle that. And so winning cures everything, to be honest. Listen, uh, you can have people, uh, and, you know, and Herb can address this too. Yeah, they've got people in the locker room that maybe don't care for one another personally. But you know what? If you win, it don't make any difference. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> you, 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 winning cures all of that. And, but we haven't seen that winning culture this year. And, and I think that's the biggest surprise that, man, in a short period of time that that goes away for you. So uh, Ed's got some work to be done. <laughs> there ain't no question about it. And that's only one guy that can fix it for 2021. And that's Ed Ogeron. Uh, you know, it's not going to be the athletic director. It's not going to be the LSU president. You know, he's got to fix it. But that's what they're paying him seven and a half, eight million dollars a year to do. Um, when you're given that type of deal, that type of responsibility, you got to come through. Because guess what? You can fire assistance, but the next one on the guillotine might be you. So you better fix it uh, in this stage. So, yeah, there is some lack of experience and everything else you want to throw at it. But I just think handling the offseason um, from top to bottom, they didn't do a real good job. And the culture of LSU is not there. Well, Mike, you know, you think about this past offseason, it was really, really challenging for everyone, right? Nick Saban on down, right? But they all had the same things to deal with. with That's the exception right. Of, you know, with the exception of, let's say, you know, uh, the tremendous mass exodus, if you will, of the players and the absolute – it's not just the players that left last year's team or from last year's team, but it was the caliber of the way those players played. That was the difference to me. Now, moving forward, you know, you fast forward to right now, as you look at this team and the way that they're playing offensively, and I want to start offensively first, what do you think, you know, besides Miles Brennan getting hurt? Because I thought that if Miles continued to play – he was on a trajectory that was going to be really good for LSU football this year. Him getting hurt really hurt us. So what do you think offensively besides the young quarterbacks? Is it the scheme? Is it the way we're not running the ball well? What is it that you think that we're doing that we could be doing better to put more points on the board? That offensive line is as soft as toilet paper. I mean, you know, you got no running game. Uh, you struggling in the pass protection part uh, of the game. And so, you know, you, yeah, you did lose four or five starters up front along the offensive line, but I'm a, I'm a big believer in that, yes, you do have to have the trigger man, but if you don't win in the trenches, you ain't winning squat, nothing. Mm-hmm. And look at who's winning this year in the SEC. Okay, Alabama returned four of five starting offensive linemen. What, Florida got four starting senior offensive linemen. Yep. Come on. And, and and they got the trigger men too, made Max and 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 Trask and fling it. But I really believe that that has got to be the big rebuilding job at LSU. You have got to rebuild that offensive line. Uh, you've got some young talent on defense that I think could come through for you. But offensive line, man, you have struggled. And when you're putting all that pressure on a freshman quarterback to make play after play 
and you got no running game, man, you know it as well as anybody else. You in trouble because yeah. you you're not cutting one uh, bucket of water. You cut two of them at that point, and I think that is the issue at this stage that you do not have an offensive line that can protect your quarterbacks. And the other part is when LSU has done well offensively, haven't they run the ball pretty good? Yes, but sir. when they don't run it, they got no shot, zero. And my thing is, I've seen Florida's defense play. You know, hey, um, Alabama's defense is better than Florida's. Uh, Florida, man, you don't know what you're going to catch week to week mm-hmm. out of the defense. Uh, but, man, they can put points on the board and hit you with the tsunami. But their key to that success has been four senior offensive linemen, the best, the best pass-catching tight end I've seen come out of college in Kyle Pitts since Tony Gonzalez. You got a stud quarterback, and you got a couple of receivers that can make something happen. So you don't have to have a great defense. Because what you score in, uh, you know, 38, 63, 44, 41, 41, 51 points, come on. Uh, man, you're just slowing down people every once in a while, and Trask is getting you touchdowns. So uh, th- that's a big part of LSU and something Coach O knows he needs to rebuild, and that's his offensive line. Because, uh, again, man, they're they so soft up front. They get pushed around all over the place. Now, last year, they were the one doing the pushing. You know, that that was as much as we – and Joe was great. Joe Burrow was yeah. unbelievable. So was Clyde and, and Justin and Jamar. But, man, that offensive line, well, when you needed a third and two, they got you four. When, when there was a third and seven, they protected Joe and he could throw it. Man, I, I don't trust them that they could protect TJ and Max. And on a third and one <laughs> – I got my money on the other defense because they they haven't shown me that they can do it. And we've seen it time after time, short-yarded situations. You you can't get a yard. Uh, That's not the quarterback or the running back. That's the offensive line play has been lousy this year. Talking with Mike Dettelier. Mike, how does Coach O try to convince some of these guys that are thinking about leaving uh, maybe early for the NFL draft to come back? You know, there's two guys that LSU could really use this year that probably should have stuck around for another year. Sadiq Charles, Thaddeus Moss. And, and it just seems like, and obviously we don't examine every program. I mean, we're, we're focused here on LSU, but it always seems every year there are two or three guys that leave early that should not leave early. And that's that's gone back to the Les Miles era, that guys that are either drafted in the fourth round like Charles was last year or, or, or end up undrafted like Thaddeus Moss, who could have probably used another year. They say it's so great to be an LSU football player, but some, some of these guys just can't wait to get out of there. The other thing, too, is because I've been through it. You know, you sit down with somebody, you know, they want to hear a draft evaluation. They don't like hearing what I tell them. Because, you know, they got other people yeah. around and tell them, you're going to be a first or second round pick. Yeah, and sure. in some cases, that, that's not correct. They, they listen to the wrong people. Now, I, you know, I've also talked to young men that tell me, hey, listen, I need to come out. You know, I need to do this for my family. Uh, you know, I, I'm in a bad situation, and I want to take care of my mom and mm-hmm. my siblings, and, and I, I need to do it. So everybody's a little bit different. Um, and, and that's difficult. Now, I know what O is saying. 
how uh, Saban does it is remarkable. Okay, he, he's the exception to the rule to keep it. Now, Clemson, they'll lose people. Ohio State lose people. But, uh, I mean, how Saban convinces these guys that aren't first or second round picks to come back into the year is – man, he must have one hell of a speech is all I can tell you. Because, <laughs> you, man, I, I've heard it from the other end, and, and guys will tell you, listen, i, I got to come out. And, or they'll tell you, oh, uh, well, you know, I, I know somebody that tells me I'm going to be a second-round pick and this kind of money. Come on, you know they're going to be a late-round pick at best. Yep. But, you know, they, they convince themselves, i got to do it. And, okay, I, I would never argue with anybody if they're trying to help their family because we don't know what every family situation's about. But, you know, when you look at this LSU team, would you want to have Austin Declares back for another year Yes, sir. Uh, at right tackle? Uh, wouldn't you want to have Ed Ingram back for another season uh, at the guard position? Now, you know Jabril Cox and Jacoby Stevens. Th- those guys are gone. But, you know, you look along defensive line, Glenn Logan, Neil Farrell, they could come back. You know, they're not going to be high draft choices. Uh, so – and it's difficult. I, I understand where he's coming from there, um, and everybody's situation's a little bit different. But it's hard when a guy has made up his mind in October he's coming out, okay? Because Ed knows already who's, who he's got a shot at and who he doesn't. They got guys that have already told him, listen, Coach, I'm, I'm leaving after this year. I'm going out early for the NFL. So you know it. And maybe a couple of them have told him, listen, I'll think about it and make my decision up in January. But, um, man, Jeff, it's difficult because I've sat in that room and and heard those stories, and and all of them are a little bit different. And, again, trying to measure that on how Saban does it, I don't know, but I'd love to be in that room to see that convincing. No, I add a little bit to that. No, you're absolutely right. I think most of the kids who want to come out early, there's reasons why they want to come out early, and most of it, it's because due to financial situations, right? But right. I think what Saban does, though, that's a little bit different is I think Saban actually holds off the people that are not good for those players around him, right? I think he makes sure that he surrounds those kids with the best possible truth sayers that he can, put, you know, potentially have around them. And then, look, you know, you, you can – I mean, you got to know the relationship Saban has with everybody in the NFL, in regards to recruiting or not recruiting, but, you know, scouting or whatever. Um, so he knows exactly where they are. So if there's a guy that's a, a potential, you know, late-round pick to, to free agent, what's the purpose of him coming out early when he can play one more year and raise that draft stock up to second round or third round, you know? Something that's a lot better. You actually have a little bit more guaranteed money, if you will, doing some sort of a signing bonus, if that makes sense. But at the end of the day, I think that one thing that, that I thought Les Miles did very well when he was here, even though the guys would leave after their third year, um, they maybe they didn't play as a true freshman and they had that red shirt year. So they were in the program for four years, if that makes sense. And uh, and then he had a guy to come right behind that guy who ever left after that, that you know, their, their sophomore, their, yeah, after their uh, junior year, shall I say. And I thought Les did a great job with that. Do you think Coach – O can get to that point of having just continued to, you know, once the juniors leave, he's got a, you know, he's got a, either a redshirt freshman or a sophomore ready to play right away. That's what you would want to have. Uh, but, you know, I think in the world of three and gone, it's really difficult 
because now uh, you also have the transfer portal, which is, getting, you know, guys are yeah. coming and going. It, it is becoming a much more difficult uh, situation to have that redshirt fifth-year senior say, or, or, or fourth-year junior that junior, yeah. is ready to go because, for the most part, they having to play pretty early because uh, not only does it affect your starting positions when guys leave early, it, is, it affects your depth. You've got to play freshman now. And so uh, it becomes challenging uh, to, to do that. And that's why I think roster management and how it's done is now going to become a, a big part of college football. How you manage that. I was looking on the portal just the other day, and in a five-day uh, time frame, there were 64 guys that were that had put their names in a transfer portal in five days. Now, listen, they got, you know, about 150 major college schools, but if you're talking about over 60 cats, uh, you know, already, you know, you can yeah. see, you know, they tagging out, okay, I'm out of here. I- I'm going. I- I'm not staying. This is a bad situation. Uh, it don't help me for the draft. I'm not playing. I need to go somewhere where I can play right away. You've got to be able to signify which of those players can come into your program and help you immediately. You can't give them a redshirt year. they got to come in and play now. That's going to be a bigger and bigger part of it. One day, I think Jeff and I and you heard, we're going to be doing shows about trans. There's going to be a certain day you can transfer, and mm-hmm. it'll be like national signing date. It'll be transfer date. We could be doing shows on that. It'd be like free agent dayline, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Just like NFL free agency. Yes, yes. Now, one more question for you, Mike. I have anyway. Um, when you go back to the, the Mettenbergers of the world, uh, the, the Danny Etlings, the Joe Burrows, and I think the last four four quarterbacks that we had, well, actually, they came to us through the transfer portal, if you will. What are we doing? What are we not doing? to develop the guys that were actually recruiting out of high school. Cause you know, we got two, let's call it two really good potential quarterbacks in TJ and Max. And then you have uh Nussmeyer coming. And then you also have uh, uh Jamie Howard's son, uh, I forget his first Walker. name, but the younger Howard, Walker Howard. Uh, Walker Howard. There you go. Walker Howard. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's just, you know, you got, you got these guys that are coming in. How do they develop these guys? Why are they not developing the guys that are coming directly from, um, you know, high school versus a guy that's coming from Ohio State, such as, you know, Joe Burrow, who had great coaches with Urban Meyer and Ryan Day? Well, um, you know, I got to talk to Lincoln Riley two years ago, and I asked him about the same thing. And he was like, well, you know, sometimes the biggest whiffs we got are at quarterback." In, uh, from a high school standpoint, and he's like, listen, you're talking to the master of it. You think about it. Baker yeah. Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray. And he was like, none of those guys came here as high school players. So he said, you know, we didn't probably get – I think he's got the right guy now uh, at quarterback yeah. from the high school. So he got the right dude there. But, uh, you know, it, it's – I think it's cyclical. And one of the things, too, is Louisiana, I know everybody would throw out Dak Prescott, okay? But where, where are the other quarterbacks from the state of Louisiana, you know, in, in the National Football League? The Mannings have gone now. Yeah, so right. you got Dak, 
uh, from Houghton, and you were recruiting him, but you you just wanted to date him. You didn't want to go out full-time with Dak. He decided to go with Mississippi State where they were going to date him full-time. Um, mm-hmm. I think now one of the areas you will see that I think will really grow in 2023 looks to be an unbelievable year for it is the amount of quarterbacks now being developed in the state of Louisiana. And, mm-hmm. and it's sort of a cyclical thing you, you see. Uh, that they have not been able to get that guy from Louisiana. If it was Brandon Harris, that that didn't work out. Uh, and, and other guys from the state of Louisiana just hasn't been that way. And also, too, I think in the past with less, I think a lot of quarterbacks took a look at that and said, man, yeah, they got some great no. receivers, but are uh, they making me ready for the NFL? Man, that ain't happening. So I'm going no. somewhere else. And Ed had always told me, Mike, look, go back and look at it at USC before – uh, Pete got there, and that was like a seven-year time frame. USC put one quarterback in the National Football League drafted, one. Then all of a sudden, Carson Palmer came to town, changed the world. Then you had Matt Leinart, Matt Castle, uh, Booty, Sanchez. It was one after the other. And so I think Ed has that pipeline now of young quarterbacks, but you got to develop him and also convince them to stay because that's going to be the hard part to keep both of these young quarterbacks uh, for 2021 because one of them is going to leave. Mike, we got to take a break. Thanks for your time this afternoon. Uh, enjoy the game and uh, good luck tomorrow as the Saints uh, go for win number 10 in a row against the Philadelphia Eagles at 315. Thanks for your time again, Mike. All right, guys. Y'all take care. Thank you. All right, J.W. is holding through the break. Uh, if you can hold on, J.W., we'll get to you right after this break. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show on WWL AM, FM, Radio.com. Jeff Palermo sitting in for Herb Tyler. Let's quickly get out to the Gulf, the, the com and talk and text line at 504-260-1870. J.W. has been holding through the break. J.W., what's on your mind today? Hey, guys, uh, calling about uh... – that defensive tackle that was, uh, I think, out of a meet. Uh, his name was Shopshire, and yeah, I think he went to he had he had committed to Alabama. He's been there for two years. I heard he had gone into the um, transfer portal. Any status on that, and whether or not he might be coming back to L- might be coming back home to to LSU. And I'll I hang up and listen. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot for the call, JW. I, I think there's certainly a possibility for that. Now, here's the thing. Um, LSU can only sign 25 players. Uh, they already have uh, – I'll have to double-check here. When we we got to take another break here, JW. But they got about 21 commitments, I believe, at this moment. They that 25 20, 20 that you can sign is, is – that also includes graduate transfer players as well. That also includes JUCO players that Coach O has yeah. talked about bringing in. So it's going to be tight. It's not like they can go out and get 40 new players this year and try to rebuild this roster. we got to take another break. When we come back, we'll uh, continue to talk about the LSU football program. Got to get into Max Johnson getting the start today. So stay tuned. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL AM FM Radio.com. All right, back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Hopefully, uh, JW is still listening. Did a little research on Ishmael Sobsher. Defensive tackle from Amy. He committed to USC last night, so he's headed to the Trojans. But LSU still in the running for Mason Smith, a five-star defensive tackle at Terrebonne. We'll talk to Jarrett Roser in the 3 o'clock hour about that and much more. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 